Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Just Punk Enough. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. This episode is great. I interview Zach Damon. He was in Zoinks. He was in Screeching Weasel, Big in Japan, Priscilla Ford, tons of bands, and I really look up to this guy. I had a job at this place called Greenleaf, and I had no idea who Zach was. And I knew of Zoinks, of course. Huge influence on my life. And uh, I had a Screeching Weasel sticker on my truck. And Zach was like, sweet band, bro. Weasel. And we got to talking. And I was like, wait, you are Zach? Zoinks, Zach? And it kind of just blew my mind. We got to be friends. And uh, we've been friends ever since. So enjoy this interview. It is a long one. Buckle up, enjoy, and uh, yeah, I'll see you on the next episode. Good. Cool. Zach, it's been a long time. It's been a minute. It's been a, yeah, it's been, well, whatever. It's been uh, plenty long, but I just want to talk because, um, you know, you're a huge influence on my life, and I, th- you know, the last time we, we talked that that is long gone and I'm on to new and okay. different projects. So I just kind of want to go through your, your career and, yeah. and just talk to you about, you know, what's going on with you. If that's cool. Yeah. So Sounds let's good. start like where you grew up. Um, so I was born in so Southern California. Okay. Um, in the, in Los Angeles County, but kind of, um, out near the inland empire area, if you know where that is. Just kind of like San Bernardino County, kind of where San Bernardino County and Los Angeles County meet. Gotcha. Uh, kind of more out that way, um, a little bit more deserty uh, in the area. I lived as a child, um, which was Fontana, California, and um, you know, pretty normal suburban lifestyle i suppose and um i had an uncle that i don't know how he ended up in tahoe but for some whatever reason he decided to buy a piece of property in uh lake tahoe yeah and built a house and he moved up there so we started going up there to visit from time to time and my mom um just kind of fell in love with it and was sick of la yeah and decided to move us up to tahoe so that's that's how i got up to this area uh how was, old were you in that i was about 11 oh, okay around there yeah fifth grade so actually when we moved uh it was right at the end of fifth grade for me so it was kind of weird i went to school for like a month and a half and then it was summer vacation yeah, so i weird. barely got to meet some new kids yeah and then kind of had you know a gap of time <laughs> before I got to catch up with these kids again and kind of make friends. So it was yeah. a little weird. Um, then I lived up in Tahoe until my freshman year of high school. Wow. Um, that's cool. Because we were, you know, lower middle class family and um, Tahoe's not the best place for <laughs> people of limited yeah, means. No doubt. Um, not definitely now. Back then it was a little more doable, but yeah. there wasn't a lot of work up there. Um, so both my stepfather and my mom uh, were working in Reno, and it just was kind of ridiculous going back and forth. Yeah, so they sold yeah. the house, um, 
and we moved to Reno. And so I went to Wooster High School. That was around 87. Um, Were you, was there uh, music in your life at that point? Like, was your, yeah, well, I, you I, growing up around a musical family? and um, Not necessarily a musical family, but there was music from a young age. Uh, my mom always likes to bring this up when, when her and, and my, my dad were splitting up, <clears throat> it was just me and her Yeah, and we had no money. So my mom and I would listen to records on, you know, Friday nights or yeah. whatever and, and just hang out and have fun. So, yeah. um, I would pick out records and I was always very interested in music from a very early age. I loved rock and roll music. Yeah. I loved yellow i loved uh chuck berry acdc you yeah. know is that uh, the stuff that you were playing yeah well i wasn't playing yet yeah but i mean that was no, stuff i, I was mean, yeah the, the stuff we were listening were, to yeah 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 uh the beatles you yeah. know stuff from that time yeah, period cool. um i i was a huge yellow fan when i was a little kid yeah um i still like yellow yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh so I just loved music, yeah. and then um, I always wanted to play guitar. Uh, I idolized Angus Young from a yeah. young age. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, I don't remember what grade it was. It was probably maybe third grade, I want to say, second or third grade. We were tasked in school um, you know, with uh, drawing a picture of ourselves as what we'd like to be <laughs> when we grew up. And I drew myself as Angus Young, yeah. complete with an SG. <laughs> I approximated the shape of an SG yeah, guitar. Cool. Um, so that, I've always wanted to do that. So, uh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. there. Um, so I was always bugging my parents uh, for a guitar. My stepfather was a guitar player, yeah. pretty decent guitar player. And um, they initially got me an acoustic guitar i always air guitared left-handed and my friends would always say you're doing it wrong it's yeah. like this and i'd be like i don't care this feels right <laughs> right and my stepdad was like you don't want to be a left-handed guitar player you can't find guitar especially back then yeah and i was like ah, it just feels right yeah. they bought me a right-handed acoustic i didn't touch it it, it collected dust yeah until my th uh around my 13th birthday around christmas uh they gave me a left-handed ibanez roadstar 2 yeah and a 80 watt solid state 112 gorilla <laughs> combo one of the worst sounding guitar amps ever made <laughs> yeah. but that got me off and running yeah. so uh i finally so now that i had a left-handed guitar i actually started playing okay and my stepdad showed me a few things, you know, showed me how to play a couple songs, showed me some chords, and I pretty much taught myself yeah. from there. And Well, when did music start clicking for you, like, um, band-wise, as in, like, yeah, you were into all this stuff that your parents were bringing you down, but was right. there something that you kind of found on your own? You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I always loved rock and roll, and at an early age... Um, you know stuff on the radio yeah uh but then i started leaning into like heavy metal and yeah. had a couple friends that were in heavy metal and this is high school no this is like elementary school oh, okay gotcha. yeah so like the early early 80s metal like yeah. the first couple of motley Crue records the early aussie stuff yeah 
um, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and I was really into that. And we moved up to Incline. I was still into metal. I made friends with a kid there um, that was actually from South Africa. Uh, his father was a painter. And he was a, there, there were no other metal kids in Incline Village at the yeah. time. It was like me and him and like one other kind of weird kid that <laughs> yeah. we didn't really get along with. Um, and so we kind of geeked out on metal stuff and we were really good friends. And then he moved to Reno before I did and he got into punk rock oh, okay. and skateboarding and stuff. Um, and he kind of, intru- he and another kid at school, this other little skate punk kid, I had, I had bought like, a, I was listening to like a Wasp album right. or something on headphones at yeah. school one day during lunch. And this kid, uh, Ted Kasparian was his name, uh, came up to me. He's like, what are you listening to? I'm like, it's Wasp, you know? And I always thought, like, yeah, that kind of metal, old metal was, like, the toughest music yeah. around, you know? <laughs> right. It's fucking hard. Yeah. It's heavy. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> Check this out. And he put his headphones on me, and it was uh, Dead Kennedys and, and God We Trust Incorporated. Yeah. And I had heard that name yeah. for years. Right. Uh, but I'd never really heard, I'd heard the Ramones, but I didn't associate them with punk rock. Yeah. Um, and I, and to me, punk rock at the time was Devo, who I love now, yeah. but at the time I just thought they were kind of a novelty yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. Um, but I thought that was punk rock. Yeah. So I assumed Dead Kennedy sounded like that. So I, he put that on and it was so like raw and ferocious yeah. and fast and in your face. It just blew my mind. Yeah. And from that day forward, I was all about punk rock yeah. and hardcore. So that so, was in Reno when you came. That was it. That was in Tahoe and in Incline. So around eighty four, eighty five, yeah. somewhere around there. And then um, I was just took off. After and then it that, took like, off, and I go. was and yeah, and it was. Um, I was definitely more into hardcore than punk because yeah. I, I kind of learned that difference from the get go. Once I started buying records, yeah, like I bought a Sex Pistols record, and I was kind of like, ah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I got um, Frankenchrist by the DKs, which I love that album now, but at the time, it wasn't what I was looking for, you right. know? Right, yeah. Um, I wanted that In God We Trust Incorporated, yeah. that style. So I bought some other records, and I got, like, uh, Minor Threat. like, And I got more of the faster, the better. So, like, the first DRI album. Yeah. I loved that shit that was just, yeah. like, unintelligible yeah you know crazy fast <laughs> right. just something that most people would hear and it would they'd be offended yeah. you know that's that's what i liked were you trying to uh, play guitar to it like were you yeah so me like and it, i always say this uh i so when i really started to play guitar for real was right around the time i got into punk music yeah and it kind of was a bit of a disservice to me because punk rock at that point in time was very simple so my guitar playing, I never got real technical because that was yeah. my background. Right, right. You know, so I, I always kind of wished I would have started with metal yeah. and gotten like proficient in, you know, metal riffage and, yeah. and leads and stuff before <laughs> I got into punk. But yeah. whatever. I mean, I learned some <laughs> of that stuff later on down the line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, and the nice thing about that was that music was so easy to play. It was easy for me to kind of figure out and be like, oh, I, I, I can do this, yeah. you know? Like, this isn't 
uh, rocket science. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, were, were you going to shows at, at, at that time at my, all, or like? No, my mom wouldn't let me. Yeah. I remember there were someone would come up to Incline and post flyers. Yeah, so I'd see flyers for daughter, daughter Judy's, which was a venue down here at the time. Uh-huh. So there'd be like Bad Brains and DRI and all these bands that I loved. Yeah, and so badly wanted to go see, but my mom was like. Nope. Hell no. What was the first show? Do you remember? Uh, my first real show for yeah. like a real punk band yeah. um, was probably RKL. Okay. In Reno? Yeah. Yeah. It was at a skate jam. Oh, okay. So it was, it was a few years later. Yeah. And it, had to, it was at a time when we, were, we lived in Reno and my mom was a little more hands off at that yeah, point. Yeah. Was, that, <laughs> was that an eye opener or was it just like, eh? Yeah, no. It was, yeah, it was intense. Yeah. Um, I remember being like really taken aback by the pit, like by yeah. how f- like kind of violent <laughs> right. it was, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like in an organized way. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I I tried to get in it. I was pretty small at yeah. that time, uh, but I was just knocked down, trampled over. So I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I'm not ready for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were Were there any other shows at that time you were going to? I saw MDC. Um, seven seconds. Um, there wasn't a whole lot because that was yeah. like we were getting into the later '80s right. when hardcore and punk rock were kind of dying out, or it was transitioning into metal, or yeah. just like kind of weird stuff. Like a lot of bands were going w- weird directions at yeah. that time. So I, I got I got into punk a little bit late. Right. Like if I'd gotten into it when I was a little younger and living in L.A. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, my mom would have never let me go to a show, but I could have at least gotten in on the ground floor of some bands recorded material, you know? Um, but yeah, so there wasn't a lot of shows. I was, I played my first band, my freshman year of high school. Uh, we played a couple of like small garagey garage party type things. Um, but we were really bad. Yeah. What was it called? And we had several names. <laughs> they were all stupid. Uh, I think the last one, but by the time I left, the band was, uh, it was like DBC. Something like, like that, yeah. What did it mean? Death by Crucifixion or yeah. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We had several names while I was in the band. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Yeah. So when did you start, like, when did you form a band that you were, like, or in a band that you were, like, okay, this is well, and not bad, after not that, high school band. Yeah, after that, I I tried starting bands with people for a while, and then there there was a band called The Expelled. Yeah. And that was uh, Mike Ward's band. I don't know if you know Mike. Mm-mm. He's worked at uh, Recycled for as long as I oh, can really? remember. Yeah, no I mean, kidding. Since I was in high school, oh, wow. He's since retired his real day job, but he still works at Recycled oh, on the weekends, cool. as far as I know. Yeah, uh, he was a little older than all of us, probably four or five years older. Yeah, um, and so he had a band called The Expelled. They were on um, a compilation in the early '80s with Seven Seconds and Jack Shit and the Yobs. Yeah, it's called Nuke Your Dink. <laughs> And 
their song was called Slam the Pigs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's silly. Um, anyway, so that band was kind of resurrected, I guess. Yeah. But then they ended up changing the name to Discipline. Okay. And it was a straight-edge band. So I went through a straight-edge phase, and I played in that band. So that band was a little better. Yeah. Uh, same drummer, and one of the other guys was one of the same guys from the previous band. Yeah. Um, we were better, but it still wasn't great. Yeah. It was, it was pretty generic. Yeah. You know, um, the bands at the time. It was when uh, a lot of hardcore bands were getting more metal. Yeah. So, you know, like Judge and Youth of Today, yeah. Gorilla Biscuits, and those late 80s straight edge bands yeah. that were going from hardcore transitioning into metal. So we were kind of on that same wavelength and doing the same thing, but it was really um, derivative and generic. Yeah. Did you guys <laughs> record anything? Or We did, but it never got released. Oh, really? But like um, a, a, a studio recording or just Yeah, I mean, home studio? it's someone's home studio yeah, yeah, in yeah. Carson City. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, every time I see Mike, I keep telling him, "I give me those tapes, yeah. man. I'll I'll transfer them to digital and and let's put it yeah. out for posterity's sake." Yeah. And plus, I would just love to hear it because yeah. I never even heard like a rough mix. Oh no, kidding! We went and recorded, and I never heard anything. It, it just it blew never up. it just fizzled out, and yeah. I, I quit the band, and just nothing ever came of it. Yeah. But he has. He says I have the tape somewhere. Yeah. But you, were said, you guys playing shows and stuff? Like yeah, that, we were though, playing like... shows. But again, this was. Late 80s, so, so there was really no punk or hardcore shows at the time. Oh, gotcha. Uh, hair metal was big. Yeah, yeah. And so all of the local bands were metal. So we played with metal bands. That's And yeah. they, and people didn't know what to make of us because yeah. we looked kind of like <laughs> punk rock jocks. Yeah. You know? They all had short, right. like, shaved heads and, you know, wearing baseball caps and Doc Martens. And, well, where did you guys play? Were there any Weird. clubs or was yeah there, there was, uh, we played we played the best show we ever played was at, uh, you know that band the Atomics yeah, uh, George had a band, back then uh, I can't remember what they were called. Um, he had another band called the Lap Dogs, but it wasn't I don't think it was the Lap Dogs yeah, but it was another band that he had that was kind of, uh, back then what you would call like college rock yeah I okay. guess gotcha um. And they had a little practice space, like in an industrial area up north of um, UNR. Yeah. And it had a little stage, and we threw a show in there, and that was awesome. Yeah. That was the best show that band ever yeah, played. Yeah. Uh, but we'd play whatever bars or venues were in town. Yeah. Uh, there Who was um, whatever have you. you yeah, play. there was a, a place on um, Fourth Street called um, the Quake. Huh. That's now a strip club. Right. Uh, what is what is that place called? It's still I think it's still a strip club. Um, it's on the north side of Fourth Street. Um, anyway, that that was a venue that we played a, a, a few times. Yeah. Um, we played like we play like weird battle of the bands shows <laughs> yeah, with right. like okay. local metal bands. Yeah. Um, just weird shows. We played with uh, Wreckage. There was a thrash metal band back then yeah. called Wreckage that we played with fairly often. Um, but just whatever we could find. We played a bowling alley. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> in Sparks yeah. over off Green Bray. <laughs> Have you ever been to that bowling alley? I don't think so. I don't even know if it's still there. Yeah. But we played there and like nobody but our friends showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? what, um, what, what, what was after that? What happened? So... And then after that, 
Um, I was, again, trying to start a band with other people. Um, I ended up starting a band with the same drummer. Um, yeah, drummers are always hard to yeah, come by. Colin was his name, yeah. a friend from high school, uh, who ended up being the first drummer in Zoinks. Okay. So this from here is where we're getting moving towards Zoinks. I yeah. was getting better at playing guitar. Yeah. I was getting better at writing songs. Uh, I was really experimenting with like melodies and and you know singing um, a different uh, a rhythmic pattern than yeah. what I was playing on guitar. Yeah. Uh, experimenting with that and a, and a big um, help in that department was uh, Bad Religion. So I'd, any new Bad Religion album that came out at yeah. that time. I would learn start to finish all the guitar and all the vocals oh, too, cool. and I'd sing and yeah. play along, and that's how I got good at that. Wow! Um, but uh, so I started a band, or I joined a band, I should say, with Colin was the drummer, um, uh, for another friend of ours named Wayne Mayfield, and another dude named Dusty, that was from like um, Redland or not Redlands? What's uh what's Northern California? Redding? Redding, thank you. Yeah. I think that's where he was from. Yeah. And it was right at the height of grunge. Okay. And so we were playing this weird mishmash of like punk and, and like grungy alternative yeah. rock with a little bit of funk was big at that time. <laughs> Every band was had a funk. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that. Yeah. It, was, it was not my my bag. And it was it was really bad. Yeah. Our friend Wayne was the the singer, quote unquote. Uh, but he could not sing. Yeah, and um, I had songs that I'd written that I wanted to sing, and so we were trying to do this thing where Wayne would sing songs and then I would do one every once in a while. Yeah, um, but the bass player Dusty was really dead set against me singing, mm. and uh, wanted Wayne to be the sing. He's the yeah. singer. Yeah, and uh, we had a show <laughs> booked at uh, the Ice House, which also yeah. became a strip club. Yeah. Um, and I bailed out at the last minute because I was like, I'd be embarrassed to play, <laughs> oh man, to play these songs yeah. in front of people. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And so I bailed, and then uh, Colin bailed shortly after me. Uh, my buddy Rob, who I went to high school and middle school with, uh -huh. was a bass player, and I grabbed him, and I was like, Colin, want to come jam with me and Rob? Now that was Zoinks. And yeah. I had a few songs that I had written and a couple songs from that band that carried over. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was uh when Zoinks started around ninety three yeah. with, with with those two guys. And um and then we were like the only kind of punkish band in town okay. at the time. At least that was like us. Yeah. Uh, of our ilk. Yeah. Um there were probably a couple other like punk bands, like older hardcore style yeah, right. punk bands. Um, but because we were like the only band playing that style, we got put on. That's when bands started, punk bands started coming through town again. Yeah. And so we got put on all those shows. Oh, okay. Because we were like the only band yeah, that the fit the band. bill. Yeah. And so we got to play with Pennywise and Offspring. And no effects and face to face yeah. and all of those bands wow. that were becoming starting to become big yeah. at the time. How long were you and, guys jamming together before you played your first show and, like, um, and felt good about it? It's hard to say. Probably 
maybe two or three months. Oh, okay. I would say. So everything was pretty, like, you had a bunch of songs. I had, yeah, I had you some just... songs, and I was really inspired at the time, so yeah. I was constantly writing. Okay. And we, you know, we'd play a couple covers and yeah. to kind of pad the, the set list, you know? Yeah. Um, what was Zoink's first show? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. And was it um, Zoink's right away? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we never had a different name. Um. Damn, what was our first show? Or one of your first shows, do you remember? Yeah, man, it's tough to say. Um, I mean, we played a lot of, like, silly little bar shows with, like, we made friends with uh, a couple bands in town, a band called MC Gob. Yeah. That changed to just Gob. Yeah. They were kind of like a noise, heavy noise band. I know that. And we'd play with them. We'd play weird little kind of like trashy white trash bars yeah, yeah right 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 and just people just didn't know what to make of us yeah um, at this time were you just like let's balls out do this like this could be a thing or was it still kind of um, like uh you know i don't know it, it was more of a it was something i'd always wanted to do yeah and i i think i had developed a certain level of confidence at that point yeah and i kind of felt like i kind of knew like what i was doing i felt like it could you know i don't know if it could if i necessarily thought it could like we'd get big or i would make a living or anything like that but i felt inspired to like push forward with it you know what i mean yeah um and and then you know and so we played a few shows and we wanted to go record and calling our drummer heard from a guy he worked with um, you know, he had a buddy that had a little home studio. Yeah. And so we went and recorded with this guy over off of uh, Vassar Street. Okay. Weird dude. Yeah. Like kind of an old, <laughs> like hippie kind of dude. And he was selling dope of some sort throughout the whole session because yeah. people were constantly coming and going. And he was constantly like, oh, give me a minute, guys. Of course. I'll be right back. Yeah. You know? Um, and um, in fact, uh, one of his clients was, uh, what's his face? Um, you know, big radio guy. The guy with the voice like this. What is that dude's name? Uh, uh, does he still do radio Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, the... Max, uh, Max Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. That dude. He was one of the people that kept coming and going all day long. Um, uh, that's awesome. You recorded six or seven songs with that guy. Okay. Did the drums in his kitchen. And I think I did my vocals in his bathroom or yeah. something like that. It's not the greatest sounding recording yeah. by any stretch, but it was my first sort of legitimate recording, right. so I was stoked yeah. on it, you know? Was that the, um, what was the, uh, did you put it out? Yeah. Was that the so dump? That, that ended up becoming, three three of the songs from that se- session ended up becoming the dump I 7-inch. Is it what... It- That's Satan's pimp. What is right. that all about? So that was the the gob, the gob guys. Okay, the drummer, or well, 
yeah, the drummer and the guitar player. Um, that was, so you guys just they they were just like, hey, we want to yeah, put we, out a seven inch. Yeah, we kind of met them just by getting out there and playing, yeah. and, and and we'd heard of them playing around and um, just became friends with them, and um, yeah, and then so what happened was uh, Colin's girlfriend at the time got pregnant. Yeah, and she pressured him to quit playing in the band yeah uh so he quit and we were left without a drummer and uh after a short search we found bob conrad okay who was playing in another band called uh psychiatric petting zoo yeah another like <laughs> funk rock punk yeah. band i don't know what you want to call it yeah um <laughs> and uh we gave him the demo of those songs we recorded and he was impressed and was yeah. like yeah, I'll, I'll totally play for oh, you guys cool. and uh and then he was really um that really made a world of difference with him and the band because he was really heavy into the the fanzine world okay he did his own fanzine he had a lot of contacts he was booking shows uh around that time oh, cool yeah. and so uh he knew a lot of people yeah and um that really like took it things up a few notches okay. once he got in the band yeah because then once he got in the band i kind of let him take care of all the businessy yeah, type yeah, stuff yeah. and i just wrote songs that's and, cool. and played in the band and he got us a lot of exposure so um we put out that's even though he didn't play on it we put out that seven inch and, and then you guys did the, the next one was the one the split with no empathy no the next one that wasn't the, oh, the next wasn't? one was the sap sucker oh okay one. And that was another Satan's Pimp. And that one had Bob on it. Okay. Bob played on that. Where'd you record those? I'll be waiting by the phone, speaking tongues in monotone. I'm falling, you're stalling. I'll be cleaning up your mess for a very long time, I must confess. Vacuum boy, exhume joy. We recorded that with a guy named Bruce Hannibal. Okay. Hannibal, something like that. Yeah. Um, out in Red Rock. Okay. And I don't know what happened to that guy. He was a really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a you know hair metal dude, yeah. And he had a band. I don't remember what they were called, but he had a little studio that he built in his garage. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was like a little uh, eight track reel to reel setup. Yeah, and um, we recorded with him. We recorded, I think, a couple. Man, maybe we only did those two songs with him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, we did those with him. And uh, that was the second seven inch, and then the third seven inch, I think, was I think after that was when we um started talking with uh Doctor Strange, okay? Because on, on those two seven inches, we started going out of town, yeah, and playing some shows out of town and yeah. stuff, and um, and that was all Bob, so I got really you know, uh, kind of have to um tip my cap yeah to, to bob because yeah. that was that was him without him we wouldn't have really yeah. probably done much i yeah. think but um so bob kind of really opened the door uh with dr strange we sent out stuff to you know all the big labels at the time yeah. fat and you know and it, we got the uh 
yeah, it's pretty good, but you know, you're not quite there. That <laughs> right. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Lookout was a little bit interested, you yeah. know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up signing with uh, Doctor Strange, and so we went and recorded the album with a few extra songs. So the next seven inch was uh, kind of a precursor to the LP. Yeah. And um, had three songs from that session. Um, I believe that's right. And then so then the album came out. After that, we did that split. Okay, so the Soap Factory is the seven inch with Doctor Strange. Uh, the Soap Factory is the f- um, collection of all of our se- seven inches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, and that Bad Move Space Cadet is the first LP that we did with Doctor Strange. Okay, so the Soap Factory came out after. Soap Factory came out just before Bad Move. Okay. So it went uh, Dump Eye, um, Sapsucker Sluggo, I think. Um, yeah. And then, uh, then the uh, soap factory seven inch. Sorry, you're right. So I was thinking of Stranger Anxiety. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. So yeah, it was a uh, um, dump by the Sapsucker Sluggo Soap Factory Bad Moose Space Cadet. Then we did the split yeah. with No Empathy. Why? I think that's right. Did you guys call it Soap Factory? It's just there was a song on it yeah. called Soap Factory, okay. okay. And I had this idea to do a kind of a comic strip style picture story, yeah, yeah. on this cover, right? And the idea was that, um, <laughs> it was how'd it go? It was like, uh, Rob washing himself in the <laughs> right shower, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember how it went, yeah, but ba- it's in basically, the, it's in and the... it was a circular story, right. so ended up getting murdered and then the murderer drags his body to the soap factory yeah. to drop him off to turn him into soap yeah and then the cycle starts over and then you guys that's the one you <laughs> recorded out in red rock as well no that oh, that, that was... we recorded with kevin army okay in in the bay area who, who did okay. uh, like the op iv album yeah yeah mr t experience so did you guys record that stuff during bad move or you went back for bad move no we recorded it all in one session Oh, okay so we took uh, three of the extra songs yeah. that didn't make the cut yeah put them on that seven inch. how did you guys end up going to the bay to record that like what was that bob. process bob yeah i think i think it was bob yeah uh and that was just a well it was probably bob in a combination of bob and uh dr strange yeah um, but you know, it was one of those, uh, obviously we were really into the Bay area oh, yeah. sound at the time, yeah. you know, and we knew who Kevin army was and, yeah. and it was like, uh, wouldn't it be cool to work with yeah. him and, and let's reach out to yeah. him and see if we can make it happen. And we did. Did Dr. Strange uh, pay for that or did you guys uh, split it? Do I you remember? Th- I think he maybe paid for part of it, yeah. but we had, I, we had to pay for a bunch of it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And how was that experience? Was it like, holy shit. Yeah, like it was cool. Is... It wasn't as um like professionals I thought it would be. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, we did we did the the initial tracking. Uh we tracked m- the music mostly live together in one room. Okay. And that was just in a in a someone's garage in their backyard in, in Berkeley. Oh, okay. Um it was like, you know, that they turned into a studio. Okay. I mean, they had good gear and stuff, okay. but it was kind of a makeshift yeah. studio. Yeah. You know. Um and then 
the so we did that like one weekend then we came back another weekend to finish up i believe some like you know backup vocals and stuff and mix and yeah. we did that at a different place i think it was called like dancing dog or i don't know I, and i believe it it was owned by one of the dudes from counting crows oh, okay so that was a more legit studio okay. So That's the, cool. So the first studio was kind of a yeah, you know, still a home cool, studio, but not cool, like but not. I was, mind I was blowing. Hoping, yeah, I was hoping for like a pro yeah. looking studio. Yeah, the second studio was a bit more pro, more yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we finished that there, but you know, it was really quick. We didn't have a lot of money, so yeah. it's like two weekends yeah. done. You know, and most of the songs were done in one or two takes. No kidding. Yeah. And all just, like live, except all for the vocals? music was live. We over crazy. did the vocals over yeah. later. Yeah, that's crazy. So we did guitar, bass, drums live, and then I'd do another guitar so track guys, for stereo. Yeah, because you guys, I mean, were re- must have rehearsed like crazy. Because mm-hmm. that's like holy shit. Oh yeah, I can't, I, I can't do that. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? no, like, we were practicing all the time and playing all the time. Yeah. So, so how was Kevin as? A dude, like cool dude. Yeah, he was super cool. Just yeah. really laid back. Um, one of those guys that's kind of like quiet, but when he says something, it's it's super funny. Yeah, you know. Did he have like uh, cool stories? He know, did. Like... Yeah, he he told us a story about a band called Color Finger uh-huh. that was hilarious. And it turns out Color Finger was headed by the main dude um, in uh, Everclear. Oh, okay. Yeah, Art. Yeah, Art, Art Alexis. That dude. Yeah. yeah. And the story is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it was something about how they came up with the name. Yeah. And it was a game that they played where they'd shove a, their fingers up their ass and pull it out and, and go, I've got color finger. Yeah, totally ridiculous. Oh, man. Childish bullshit. Oh, man. Um, if I remember it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a while ago. So when that uh, record was done, Doctor Strange pressed records and stuff, and mm-hmm. then you guys toured pushing that record yeah oh yeah did, did you notice any difference because of dr strange uh I mean, were you to, getting like different better shows or was the album like yeah helping it, you guys it, it helped to a degree yeah um but we played a lot of shows that were very poorly attended though. yeah we there were a few good ones here and there yeah um but there were a lot of really poorly attended yeah, shows, yeah, yeah. you know. And you guys, uh, and did you guys tour that record? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We toured for like two months. Yeah, right after it came out. Yeah, with, with Mandingo. Okay. Um, and that's when we recorded the stuff for that split. Okay. With and no you did, empathy, and you did splits with Mandingo, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we how, did... why Mandingo? Was it just another Doctor Strange? Yeah, another label Doctor Strange band, band that just had an album come out, and yeah. they wanted to go out, and we wanted to go out. And yeah. It was like this combine forces and help each other out did you guys go in one van no okay. we had separate vans okay and yeah. um it was a it was this it was a a slog it yeah was, it was uh it was rough yeah because before that and we'd only done i think was a week yeah it was the longest and this time we were going out for like almost two solid months yeah i believe so after that said, two months maybe it was only a month and a half yeah it was but a I, long time yeah it seemed like forever yeah and every like, tour but, I did after that, it was always the first week was fun, and then it became very just a I chore. I can imagine, dude. Yeah. I can imagine. And you're just like, I just want to go home. Yeah. And you're like, you're not going home for a few weeks. Yeah. So settle in. Yeah. And, but you guys you know, had. We're sleeping on floors, and 
Yeah. You know, it, there's a, a lot of adversity that you yeah. have to deal with when you're at that level and there's no money. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but some of the shows were good, some were bad, just yeah. like any tour. Yeah. 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 We did you guys um get on any shows with bigger bands? Um, on that tour or was it just you two guys? I'm trying to remember. I don't think we did I don't think we played with yeah. We um not on that tour. Ah, it's so hard to remember. Yeah, I got it. It's all um, good. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think we played with anybody. This we might have played with some people that went on to become yeah, just, a big deal. Yeah, I mean, there's so many you dang know. bands that you're yeah. playing with. Like, who even knows? Well, like you we know? did a tour later with a, a band called uh, My Pal Trigger and another band called Discount. And this girl singer from Discount ended up becoming a big deal. Yeah. She was playing in a band with Jack White. Oh, okay. Uh, called Dead, Dead Weather. Weather. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's cool. Allison, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we toured with them. Um, you know, and of course we did the, uh, I think the next big tour we did, we flew to Hawaii and played with Green Day. That yeah. was our the one big giant show we yeah, played. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, talk about that. Yeah. How'd that come about? That came about because there was a guy down there named uh, Jason Miller, I believe was his name. That he worked for the production company that put on the Green Day show. Yeah. But he was also doing his own thing, um, like paying to get bands from the mainland, smaller bands, to yeah. come play Hawaii. And, um, you know, another Bob thing. Bob was talking to him. Yeah. About getting us down there or over there. Yeah. Um, and it just he gave I think he threw out some dates and it just ended up that the date we wanted to go, Green Day was playing that same weekend. Yeah. And it was kind of like a jokey, well, maybe I can get you guys on as an opener. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> and and it happened. Wow. So we played a show that we headlined the day before. Yeah. The next day we opened for Green Day. And how was that? That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. How many people do you think? Uh probably Eight or nine thousand people. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, been by far the biggest show I'd played. Yeah, I think before that, most people I'd played in front of was like five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Was there like backstage green rooms? Yeah, it was out. Like... It was outside on a, uh, a military base yeah. on a, like a big soccer field. Yeah, and uh, so they had like a whole backstage area uh, with catering and everything for the road crew yeah. and the bands and stuff. Yeah, and um. Yeah, it was cool. We just we, we showed up early in the day and did a sound check, and we just hung out all day and just kind of watched people trickle in. Yeah, and um, it was us and another local band, another band called Grapefruit. So they played then us. Yeah, and um, but Green Day waited like two hours to play, but between us and oh, and them, really. So, but when we <laughs> played, it was pretty well full. Yeah, or, I mean, it wasn't entirely full, but it was yeah. pretty damn close. And that was when I realized that the big difference between like a small club show and a big concert or production like that, yeah. people that go to a concert are in a different mindset. Yeah. And they're much easier to entertain. Oh, okay. So if you just interact with them, yeah. they're on they're board, yeah. you know? Um, and I, and I, I watch those videos now and I'm like, man, I should have done more with that yeah. but i was petrified yeah you know? oh man i and can we, imagine and, and it was funny because uh we whatever the people um they you know the military had this talk with us before we played and they were like 
whatever you do, do not do not cuss, don't do this, don't do that. And they gave us all these rules. Yeah. And so we were like, well, we oh, wanna, God. we don't want to fuck anything. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to lose our spot, yeah. you know. So we were on our best behavior. Green Day gets up, and the first thing Billy Joe does is go, hey, you motherfucking cocksucker, motherfucking cunt, bag, whore, cock, yeah. blah, 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 whatever. Just barrage of, oh, man. like, everything the dude told us not to do, yeah. he just went over the top yeah. with it. He didn't care. Which was hilarious. Oh, man. How uh, did uh, So how did Stranger Anxiety come about? Because that's just uh, all your seven inches right. on a comp. So that was just, uh, and so we had... So we did the split with No Empathy. We did a split with Mandingo. We did a split with The Gain. Yeah. Uh, we were on a few comps. And The Gain were just your homies. That's why you guys yeah, did yeah, split. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was another band we uh, became friends with. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of like kindred spirits. You yeah, know? yeah. We, we like loved each other's bands. Uh, we loved, played a lot of shows yeah. with them. Um, Best in fact, bands we, to do splits with, man. Yeah. In fact, we, we, uh, we played in uh, Anchorage. And took the gain with us. No kidding. Yeah, we did a weekend thing in Anchorage. How the hell did that come about? Another another kid, I think he had a little bit of money, you yeah. know. Um, and he was just bringing bands up from the mainland. I Same mean, kind of deal. Two, two places I've never been in yeah. my life, Hawaii and Anchorage. And you yeah. got and, and Alaska, and you got to play shows yeah. there. That's and as the one, I've been to Hawaii a few times. Yeah. But Anchorage, only that one time. That's cool. And uh, that was awesome. And it was a trip because it's probably different now, but at the time... No bands were going up yeah, there. Yeah, and so it was a big deal. It was a big deal, and the crowd was just a cross section. It was just young people. Yeah. So if you were of a certain age, you went to that show. Yeah. Because what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, toward the tail end of summer, so it was like light out till ten o'clock at night, which yeah. was a trip. Yeah, that's weird. Or eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a cool experience. I really liked it up there. Actually, I remember thinking I could live up here. Yeah, but then you they saw a grizzly bear. Well, <laughs> they told us the stories about wintertime. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like whoa. No, They're like you just don't do anything. You don't go outside. Uh, no, there's no sunlight. Yeah, it's yeah. freezing, yeah. like beyond unimaginably cold. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I could handle that. No, nope, but I couldn't. And I, I, I like cold. I like cold weather. Yeah, but that might be a little too intense. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, yeah, so we did that. So in, um, so we had all these singles and comp tracks, and a lot of the singles I think were out of print, and we were thinking about doing another record. And I think we just were like, "Hey, well," and it was kind of a thing at the time. A lot of bands were doing that, yeah, like compiling all of their odds and ends, yeah, on one disc, yeah. And so we just decided to throw it together, and then we put all the rest at we tagged on the end of the recording all the rest of the songs we did in that first recording session yeah okay that colin played on yeah yeah so that has everything that's cool sans maybe one or two little things that are nothing you know, yeah to be proud of yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then after that you guys are still playing shows and um how did you did panorama next yeah okay so panorama was originally supposed to be album number two okay so we were working on album number two um and we so we did that one with mass in in indiana yeah we had the recording time booked and we booked a tour around it so we're going to tour out record and then tour back okay or something like that yeah and 
we ended up not having enough material uh together to do a whole album okay so we just kind of recorded whatever we had yeah and and in fact bringing us full circle um we didn't finish everything so he ended up flying to reno and we finished some stuff here really right where we're sitting that's cool um the was it granny studios then or was it it was granny's okay yeah i believe Okay, so you did some of it there, and then he flew out here, and you guys finished, we finished it in here. We finished tracking here. Yeah. He mixed it back home, Yeah, yeah. I believe. That's cool. But we did some tracking here, some yeah. guitars and vocals and stuff. And there's like five songs on there? Yep. Ish? Yeah. yeah. There were more, but I don't... Because, um, see, I, then it, things were kind of falling apart at that point. Yeah. And um, I ended up quitting, and I gave... Before it came out? Before, yeah, long before it came oh, out. Oh, Okay. In fact, I didn't think it would ever come. I didn't think it would ever see the light of day. Yeah. Because um, to me, it was just an unfinished album. Yeah. Um, I don't think it had occurred to me that it could be an EP. Yeah. Um, but I left and gave those guys my blessing. You know, like continue on. Yeah. Please. Yeah. You know, um, and so um, I think I think they kept me in the loop, but it was really more their thing. Yeah, for that sure. Out. Yeah. Um, cause like I, <laughs> I would have definitely objected to the cover art. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you right. know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that, that was, that was it for me from, from that point forward. So was, were you doing crush story at that time? Yeah. Yeah. Or did you shortly could, after that? Yeah. So you weren't doing anything for a while. I, I, I think, I think maybe it was the. The seed of Crush Story yeah. was had been planted, I think. Yeah. Like, and, it was already kind of, like, talked about when I quit Zoinks. Like, yeah. I, I definitely wanted to move on. I wanted to do something different. So how did you, how did that come about? Just talking to Jim and... Yeah, so another one of our friend bands was Narcissistic Fred's. Yeah. His old band, him and Jen. And, um, who were never very good. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Um, Come on, they but, covered but, Home Means Nevada. <laughs> but they, they were our buddies. Um, but Jim had really become a much, like, really come into his own, became yeah. a really great songwriter and guitar player. And um, my tastes were more in line with theirs. Gotcha. And um, and then we'd, we'd made some other friends, uh, like Kirk, uh, the drummer in that band, we'd become friends with. He, I'd known him a little bit before then, but... Um, it was just kind of like, oh, I got these new set of people that are more like-minded. Yeah. Uh, kind of makes sense to leave this and go over here and try this with yeah. these people. Yeah. Um, Something new and just yeah. like. And, you know, and it was funny because I was like, I, I was kind of done with punk rock, I guess, yeah. at that point. But then I got pulled back in <laughs> by way of Screeching Weasel. Yeah. Uh, so Well, I, I mean, I listened to that, that Crush Story EP now mm. and it 
is so punk. Yeah, I mean, you know it's, what I mean. It's still like got, at the time, it felt way different. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's got that kind of raw punky vibe, yeah. but and, it was you know, not. I, I wanted to get. I think I was done with the pop punk yeah, yeah, sound. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I was over that. Like, I wasn't interested in. And like your guitar tone, kind of music were you like you really changed your guitar tone, right? Like on purpose. Yeah, to a degree. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, and that, that was one of the things I was interested in, too, at the time, I think, was um, trying different sounds, too, yeah. instead of just having, with Zoinks, it was always very much one guitar sound yep. all the way through the album. Yeah. Uh, with Crush Story, it was like, let's do diff- a different vibe on yeah. every song, you know? Then you could actually play buy something pedals. a little, little cleaner, um, or maybe a single coil, like a, you know, yeah. a Telecaster or something, and then another song, I'd play a Les Paul and get yeah. a thicker sound. Um I just wanted to be able to, you know, just kind of experiment a little bit yeah. and do something a little different. So what happened with Crush Story? You guys recorded that EP. Yeah. And then did it end or no it um that band existed for uh probably about six or seven years something like that yeah in some they it went through several different lineup right, changes right so we did that band we were and we were starting to do stuff and then i was asked to join screeching weasel okay all the while i was still touring with uh squirt gun all the time yeah, how did that work too? So, yeah. so the whole thing is like you went to Indiana to learn how to record, right? Yeah, well, or... that that coincided with Weasel, so that was kind of, so that was all mass. Yeah. Um, ben was looking for a new, like, lead guitar player, backup vocalist. Yeah. And Mass was, you know, uh, definitely pushing for me to fill a slot. Gotcha. And when Mass proposed the idea to me, he was like. You can come uh, live with me. You can stay at my place, have a room at my house. Um, we'll do Weasel, and then um, you can work in the studio. I'll teach you how to how to you know record music. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. You know. And you knew Mass from 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 uh, we'd met we so we'd after the first Zoinks album when we started talking about doing the second one. Yeah. We started talking to Mass. Okay. And then we met. About recording. About recording. Okay. And then we met Mass by chance because he was playing bass for the Potato Men. And we played with them in Seattle. Okay. And so we met him and we, we became friends. And was Squirt Gun a thing at this time? Or was yes. After? They were just kind of starting out, okay. I believe. Okay. And and so once we became friends, um, their regular singer, Matt, was going to grad school and couldn't ever tour. Yeah, and so he asked me if I would fill in for Squirt Gun for Squirt Gun okay. as singer and vocal and guitar player. Yeah, and uh, and I agreed, and then it just became a thing. Yeah, because Matt could never tour, so I just yeah. became the de facto yeah. fill in yeah, guy. Yeah, never. Yeah, even though I was never like a huge fan of Squirt yeah, yeah, Gun. Yeah, but they were my friends. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed hanging out with. And them it wasn't horrible. Them. No. Yeah. Um, and I still play with Squirt Gun or have yeah. until re- that's the last band I played live with yeah. with Squirt Gun at the at, Lookouting. Um, no, after that at oh, the yeah. the fest 
oh, in Gainesville. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, uh, so you you moved, uh, and you were learning how to record, and you mm-hmm. joined Weasel, and what? Uh, I lived like, out there for about nine months, maybe. Okay. And um, it it uh, basically I was thrust into mass Georgini's lifestyle, okay. which is not my lifestyle. Okay. So I wasn't real ha- happy out there. Yeah. He's type A guy, just work, 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 work. Yeah. And it was just, oh, man. <laughs> just yeah. work all day at the studio, yeah. go home, go to sleep. Yeah. Go eat dinner, go home, go to sleep or whatever. It's the same thing, day in, day yeah, out. Yeah. And we'd, we'd drive up to Chicago every weekend and rehearse. And, yeah. Yeah, and it was the most money I ever got paid to play on a record. Yeah, but boy, I I earned it. Yeah, it was hard work, man. Did just... you guys record both major label debut and the Television City at the same time? Or no, was it too ma- different. Major label debut was done at a, a studio in Chicago called um, Uber Studio. I okay, think it was called. <laughs> So when, when you got there, was it like Ben was like, all right, well, I want to do an EP, and then I want to do an album? Yeah. Do you have I a think, plan? Or yeah, was I think it just he, like I think he had that all planned yeah. out, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, and I it, don't know why we did it the first EP at a studio in Chicago. I think um, Ben at the time didn't like to travel. He didn't like to stray too far away from his house Okay. at the time. Yeah. Um, so I think that was part of it. But So we did that, and then when we started working on – television city dream we had like 35 37 songs we were recording okay jeez. and so <laughs> and keep in mind this is before the internet yeah. was a big thing and ben wanted mix or like rough mixes of everything we had done each day oh my so God. <laughs> mass would have to do quick rough mixes of everything and make a cassette tape and overnight at fedex Oh my Every God. evening around five o'clock. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. And then Ben would call in the morning and give us notes, and we'd have to change things. Yeah. And it was rough. Rough. It was rough, yeah. man. How about uh, recording your parts? Yeah, that rough too. too. Yeah, I threw my uh, my SG at the wall at one point. Really? Yeah, just because I was so like mentally fatigued. Yeah. That I couldn't play the simplest thing. Yeah. Like I was just brain farting. I was just like. D- yeah been doing it too long for too many days in a row yeah same thing over and over you know i was down pick muting yeah had to be exactly perfect yeah. you know and i just lost my shit yeah <laughs> my sg and it hit the wall and took a chunk out of the headstock oh man yeah yeah uh but i got through it yeah and how much of the songwriting were you part of was everything written very and little it was all he Ben wanted me to come up with stuff, but everything I came up with, he would nix. Nah, yeah. I don't like that. They'd come yeah. up with something different. So it was, yeah. it was all Ben. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there might have been a couple things here and there that yeah. I came up with, but were you when you were learning how to record? Were there any bands besides the Weasel stuff that you guys were recording? Oh yeah, and learning how to do. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what any of those were? Yeah, I worked on um, a Huntington's album. Okay. Uh, I think we did some queer stuff. The Mopes. Oh, cool. Um, Did you sing on a Lillington's record? Backup vocals, okay. yeah. 
Okay. That was we were going out to record the first Big in Japan record. Oh, okay. And when we showed up, they were fish, finishing up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And did you guys know those guys or anything? Or Not before then. Like, I didn't know. They were just like, hey, yeah. were you seeing some backups? Yeah. Yeah. You're here. So yeah, because we showed weird. up. We showed up the night before we were supposed to start. They yeah. were still finishing up. I saw that on Discogs, yeah. and I was like, what? I didn't know that. They were finishing that. up, and they needed some like, gang yeah. vocals, so we all piled into the live room and yeah. did some, hey! Hey! That kind of thing. <laughs> okay, so after Television City Dream, were you guys? I mean, were you? Did you stop? I I with Weasel. I quit because, okay. um, I was really unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> and we're living at Mass's yeah, house. Yeah, I had a girlfriend back here. I missed her. Yeah, I wanted to be home. Um, and it was just it wasn't. It didn't turn out like I thought or hoped yeah. it would. Right. Um, at the time, it didn't look like Weasel was ever going to play live. Like, we were just going to be a studio yeah. band. And I was like, eh, I'm going to move home. Yeah. I bow out. Yeah. Um, so I came back and then rejoined uh, Crush Story. Yeah. And, um, and we did that for a little bit. And then my girlfriend, same girlfriend, um, got accepted. Uh, make a mcgeorge school of law in sacramento okay uh so she moved down there we did the long distance thing for about a year and then i ended up moving in with her okay so i lived in sacramento for a couple of years and so i kind of quit crush story at that point yeah um and then i started big in japan i started it in sacramento was that common rider stuff too yeah that was around the time i did common rider stuff okay. as well yeah Okay, but you uh, were like, I need to start a band. And yeah, yeah. I wanted to do my own thing yeah. for sure, um, and I had a bunch of songs I was working on, um, and so I hooked up with um, Matt and Ross Levine, twin brothers that were in that band Welt. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember Yeah, yeah, them. I know Welt. Um, so I got them, and we never were able to find a local bass player. We ended up, uh, we had some songs we were working on, um, Japan songs, and we wanted to record some demos again with Mass. Yeah, he flew out, and we recorded at N Harmonic in oh, Sacramento. Okay. Um, and we had Joey from the Gain because the Gain had recently split up. Joey came up from LA and played bass, and he ended up just being the bass player. Okay, We're like I need just be the bait me in the band. Yeah, and so we recorded six of the songs on Destroy the New Rock. Uh-huh. And we sent that demo out to some people, and um, Fat Records offered to do an album with yeah. us, our Honest Dons. Imprint. Um, so and were those exact songs on the record, or did you re-record everything? We re-recorded everything. Okay. Um, which, in retrospect, because I still have those recordings. Yeah. And they're they're pretty good. Yeah. Even even Fat Mike was like, you, these are fine. Why yeah. are you recording them? And the only reason we did that is because Corky, the drummer, also from the game. So what happened was Matt and Ross quit because they had real jobs. Yeah. And they couldn't commit to touring because I yeah. wanted to like. Going. Yeah, I was like, "This is my last, Honest Dons, my last attempt yeah. at this." Yeah, for real. So I wanted to get out there and do it, and they're like, "We can't." 
So we're bowing out. So Corky, who used to be in the game, joined. Okay. We went out book and time. And you were still in Sacramento? I was still in Sacramento. We went out to um, Lafayette, Indiana to record the album with Mass. Okay. And we did the, all all the songs. Redid the other the demos because Corky wanted to play on it. Oh, I got you. <laughs> he wanted sense. to play on the whole yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. So I would have too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we redid those songs and yeah. then we did an additional eight songs beside those. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys hit the road and to then push that. Uh, well, we actually, we, nobody knew the fuck we were, but we actually toured on the way out, uh, played okay. some little shows with friends bands yeah, on the yeah. way out. And then, um, yeah. And then that was kind of rough because we were hoping, <laughs> All right, we're on uh, Honest Dawn's an imprint of fat. Yeah. They're going to put us out with uh, yeah. a fat band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Never happened. No. Never happened. Uh, we were on sucks. our own, man. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with us. We yeah. were a little too... Now it wouldn't be any big deal, but at the time, there, yeah. there was still very sounds. much a s- yeah. specific fat record sound. We didn't really fit that mold. Yeah. And so they didn't know what to do with us. Yeah. So after that was recorded, um, you guys were you guys playing festivals or anything, or were you just touring, just pushing? We it? just we, yeah, we just went out on our own, and, yeah. it, and it was terrible, just rough. Um, but we did we did a couple tours. We did a tour with MXPX. Okay, we did a short tour with Real Big Fish. Oh, that's cool. We did um, we did a tour with Mr. T Experience. Yeah. Um. I think that's about it yeah and then we did you know shows here and there like little short weekend things yeah. and um yeah and it just we had some momentum uh i actually moved to la for a short period of time yeah. because it was kind of feeling like we had the upward tra- trajectory happening yeah. we actually had like a big wig manager was talking to us we had major labels talking to us yeah. all that stuff and it just kind of fizzled out yeah yeah did you what did you do something before you guys recorded the next record next big in japan um what do you mean as in like bands because you came out with two records right right and like all your other projects were you because you've got oh other other pro yeah you've got you know miracle drugs you got priscilla ford you've got you know well that that all came later so okay yeah at that point in time it was big in japan it was just big in japan and then well so i moved to la for a short time and that was not working out the way i'd hoped yeah and so i ended up moving back yeah um to reno because at that point my girlfriend had finished law school and moved back to reno okay and so I moved back to Reno, and we were still doing Big in Japan, but I was not – I felt like we were losing momentum, and it was going to be problematic being that far apart. I was – at the time, I really wanted to play all the time. Yes. I wanted to rehearse, yeah. like, a lot yeah. and write music together, and it, that wasn't happening in L.A. That was the whole reason I moved to L.A., Yeah, and that just was not happening. And so when I moved back to Reno, it was kind of like, I don't want to kick you guys out, but yeah, I'm gonna I gotta ne- do something. I, I'm gonna need you guys to either move to Reno or I'm gonna have to find new people. Yeah, and so everyone bailed. No yeah. one, no one wanted to yeah, move yeah. to Reno. Yeah. And so yeah, so at that point, I got Matt Mayhall in the band and uh, Asa Dakin. 
Um, we played it with that lineup for a while. And yeah. then when we signed with a new label, um, shortly before that, Asa bailed and we got Zach in the band. Zach Why? Bradner. Why did you guys go to another label? Uh, fat, we, we sent demos to um, Fat and they didn't dig them. Really? Yeah, it was getting, we were getting more indie rock yeah. and less punk. And they were just so like, the last nah, record, we're good. last record was kind of like a between. Now we were just much more yeah. just kind of indie rocky sounding. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, it's not not for us." Were you pissed? But no, I kind yeah, of kind of knew, kind of half expected that. How did they I was get... hoping they would give us another shot? Yeah. Plus the demo sounded like shit. That was yeah. a that was a, a kind of a bad move on my part. Gotcha. I really should have. Uh, made sure we had good sounding demos to yeah, send them. Yeah. The demos we sent them were really bad, like yeah, really damn. bad. That and I, I that that didn't help. I yeah. shouldn't have done that because people always say, hey, "I don't care. They don't have to sound good. I just want to hear what the songs sound like." Yeah, and that's bullshit. Yeah. It's gonna color your perception of the song. It's like I a, don't care if it's the best song in the world. Yeah. If it sounds like shit, yeah, it, you're, it's gonna that's gonna color your perception of it's the song. It's like a book cover, dude. Yeah. People do judge so, by the book cover. That well, how did the out. other label? How did you hook up with the other label? Through Mass, it was a, oh, okay. A small label. Uh, it was um, this guy Pat uh, from the Beatnik Termites. I him and this other guy uh, Chris Thacker in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, had a label they were starting up called. Um, well, it was already around, but it was new, called Insubordination. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they were interested in in doing the new album, and. Uh, and yeah, Mask kind of took the lead on that. I I didn't have much to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then you did you guys record that one with Mask? Yeah, as yeah. well. You went yep. out there again. Yep. And, That's cool. And um, I was really happy with that album, but it, it was another one of those. Uh, I think it was, you know, a little too indie for the punks and a yeah. little too punk for the indies. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's a great album, man. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I still listen to it. To this day, and yeah. I'm saying like, oh, it's pretty good shit on here. It's not bad. Yeah, it's great. You know, uh, what happened after that? Um, things just kind of fizzled out. Oh, and Jim was in the band too. Oh, he was. Yep, he was in. He played on that record. Oh shit, on, I didn't know yeah. that. That's cool. Um, but he was. Uh, it was another. He was having a baby. Yeah. Uh, he was married, and they were moving to San Luis Obispo, so he kind of bailed out. Um. And we kept going for a little bit, but then Zach was moving, so he bailed. Yeah. And it just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. It just kind of ended. Yeah. Um, unceremoniously. <laughs> and then I didn't do shit for a few years. Yeah. What was the next project? Uh, it was Big in Japan again. Okay. <laughs> we re resurrected it with... Uh, uh, you know, and I don't mean to offend the guys that were in that band, but it was the worst lineup of yeah. the band. Yeah. Um, it was just a weird mishmash of people that right. didn't really have right. similar uh, just tastes yeah. and, and, and outlook, you know. Um, so it was Pierre, who's a great drummer. He was not one of the, he was the strongest link yeah. in the band. Pierre, uh, my friend Ty Fritching, who has since passed away. Uh, Luke Hoffman from the Atomics. Okay. Um, and it was just a weird, just didn't work. Yeah. 
It just did. That's that lineup good. just didn't work, and it, yeah. we didn't sound good. And but you my recorded, voice was going. Didn't you record a, a record? No, because didn't you we, just we, put out a Bandcamp? That that was a little later. Oh, okay. okay. So that all that stuff was Miracle Drugs songs. Okay. that we just called Big in Japan. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Why not? I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah. So I did. We did that, and uh, we 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 played. Um, Around that same time, uh, Zoinks did a reunion show, yeah. and we played uh, the Insub Fest, and so I did a double duty thing. We did a Zoinks set with the Zoink guys, and then uh, and then we did a Big in Japan set. Yeah, and we all flew out to do that, and then and then with that lineup, uh, we toured out and played the Insub Fest. Okay. And, it was just a shit show. I was just, I was in a bad oh, way man. and I was just partying and didn't yeah. really give a shit. Yeah. And by the time, the biggest show of the tour was that festival that yeah. we were going out there to play. By the time we got there, I had no voice. My voice was completely gone. Oh, man. So it was like, I was uh, like, ah, ah. Oh, God. <laughs> it God. was ridiculous. Oh, the man. few people that were there to see us were just visibly bummed. Ah, oh, that yeah. sucks, man. Yeah. yeah, it was just it was a shit show, and it was we lost a bunch of money. I guess we had some some fun along the way, but yeah. it was a joke. Yeah, and I felt really bad. We had an Italian band out with us. Yeah, called uh, the Retarded. Okay, and uh, those poor guys. Oh, I uh, think they thought it was going to be well, something a little better, at least a little better yeah. than what they ended up with. Yeah, uh, I feel really bad. But um, so that yeah, we got back from that, and then I. I think I called it quits again for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then what pushed you back? Um, what brought you back? I don't know. I just, you know, it's, I quit and then I get the itch again. Yeah. You know, I sold all my gear and then uh, just hung out for a few years and then I just got the itch to play again. So yeah. started a new band and that was when I started um, Miracle Drugs. Okay. And, uh, that band could never quite get off the ground. I yeah. could, I lost my voice. I can't really sing anymore. Okay. And so I struggled with that. We tried, we put out that one EP. Um, but if you listen to it, like you can hear my voice is trash. Oh. Um, and I just, I can't really sing anymore. Yeah. Period. So yeah. that didn't last very long. And, um, and then what happened after that? I was think, that the weasel call? Or was it Priscilla Ford? Yeah, I guess yeah. That's around the time that I got called back to Weasel. Yeah. So how'd that come? How'd that happen? So, well, that came. Do you, you remember the the whole? Yeah, I know the the debacle. The but debacle. Did Ben the, call you, or was it through somebody else? Well, or? it was. Uh, so that that whole thing happened, which yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I was one of the few people that that knows Ben and that was in the band that was like kind of standing up for Ben yeah. on online. Yeah. You know, kind of being like, come on people. Yeah. You didn't like kill somebody. Yeah. Like it was it's a punk show. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was a bad judgment call, but it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know. Um anyway, so I think maybe he saw that and uh you know, the band, his band at the time bailed on him. Yeah. Um and so he was trying to put a new lineup together, I think is a kind of a reaction because everyone was like, you're done. Yeah. Your career's over. You're canceled before that right. was a thing. And he's like, fuck you. I'm going to put a new band together and put out a new album. Yeah. And so he was putting a new band together. 
And um, I, I guess I must have been on a short list. He had his buddy reach out to me. Yeah. Who was kind of our tour manager for a little while. This guy named Owen. Yeah. He called me up. He was like, hey, would you be interested in maybe playing in the band again? You know, like, it was kind of an informal, like, like maybe play a couple shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, they were still looking for a full band, so I was like, I've got a drummer here that's really good that I'm sure, you know. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I got Pierre involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just went from there, and I did that for, I don't know, five or six years, yeah. I think. Something did you like um, record it all with them? Yeah, yeah. And so we did a in we did an EP yeah. like right away. Yeah. Well, I think before we played any shows, we did an EP. Um, and then uh, I played on the next album, the Baby Fat. Yeah. That like op rock opera yeah. album. Shows. Yeah, and you like playing yeah. festivals overseas and yep. stuff, right? Yeah. How were those? That like, was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was like yeah. back to the Green Day show almost. Right? Yeah, uh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah especially the the Grows Rock show was probably about the same amount of people. That's crazy. Yeah, like six playing seven thousand people. Bands yeah. that you love. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. And like being able to hang out with these yeah. people is just like yeah, especially that show was awesome. Yeah. It had a really kind of communal vibe back the whole backstage area was like a little village yeah that they made That's like cool. it had like little plank walkways in yeah. between all the little trailers and um all the bands were just hanging out and i got to like chill and hang out with uh walter from quicksand yeah and, uh just yeah the dudes from the descendants and yeah. the only dudes that were being kind of snooty were were the awful spring as yeah. i like to call them i've the heard the awful a, spring yeah, i've heard a few people say stuff about yeah. them just not being too friendly it's yeah like, no because everybody else is like the door's open come yeah. on in and say hi yeah. they had the little tents of barrier things around that entrance to yeah. their trailer and they had dudes standing out there they're not that good dude come on dude they're terrible i, I hate that <laughs> um uh, but yeah. the funny thing was is <laughs> everyone was kind of like you know smirking and sneering at it, like what the fuck is this shit and because there were other bands that are just as big as they were, like, yeah. no, they weren't doing that. Yeah. Um, but at one point, we were standing out there, and some dude from another, well, I don't know, it was a, probably a crew member or something from another band, was all drunk and walks up to the guy at their door. And I know they could hear this because they could see him right there, and they had yeah. the window open. The guy walks up to the security dude, and he's like, Hey, man, what's up with these like barrier things? And he's like, I don't know. He just kind of shrugged, and he's like, what are they like trying to keep them separated <laughs> and the whole village just erupted uh, into laughter awesome. yeah, it was hilarious uh did you so the ep who'd you guys record that with we did that with mike kennedy okay uh, and, and he did the baby fat as well right yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's a rhythm guitar player in all american rejects yeah and you did you guys go to his studio or did he come yeah to it's you? just his home studio okay. just got a little home studio set up in his house yeah but, He's got a big ass house. Oh, really? Huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess they made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um, cool. So, like, he's got like four living rooms. Yeah. So, one of the living rooms is the drum room. Yeah. Big, huge, high ceilings. Yeah. And, yeah. So, how was that recording experience? Awesome. Because we're just hanging out at his yeah, house. Compared to the, the other yeah. weasel you were doing, was pretty yeah. rough. Right? Yeah. You had like a 
fucking sweet uh you know theater room with yeah. a big giant screen yeah and all, just thousands of dvds and blu-rays yeah. and just hang out and make make a sandwich you know yeah. drink a beer watch a movie all right you need to come do some guitar tracks yeah. all right yeah and it was just chill you know just yeah. hanging out in your shorts it was just <laughs> like a little vacation you yeah know? that's cool so yeah. you so you decided to leave weasel and then did you do priscilla Ford well, after that i i to be fair i i kind of got fired oh okay <laughs> yeah i didn't know that well i uh it was a lot of fun at first yeah and then it started to become kind of a chore um yeah you know we we got paid all right to 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 play the shows and stuff but um you know it wasn't enough to live off of so i still had to have a day job so that meant that i was using up all of my vacation time to go play weasel shows yeah and in fact every year ben would be like hey don't make any plans this summer yeah (laughs) in case we have shows it's like wait a minute i have a family like i might want to do something with my family yeah um but it, it started to become a chore for me. It started to get less and less fun. Yeah. And um, I think maybe I started drinking more yeah. to make it more fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and I started taking it less seriously. And I think maybe my performance suffered a little bit. Yeah. And I think people started to notice. And and it oh, was kind man. of a mutual, like, it doesn't seem like you're really into this anymore. And I said, yeah. nah, not really. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to get someone new to play guitar. Okay, that's cool. I mean, it was very... Okay. Amicable yeah, like yeah, that. It was you. no big deal, yeah. you know. It's like I can kind of tell you're not into this anymore, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then Priscilla Ford was after that? Uh d- during and during and yeah. after. Well, I think we were done before that. It was Priscilla Ford was during Weasel. Yeah. And is that like uh, how how'd that come about? Uh that was just was like something dudes here in do. town. That, you know, buddies that I, I wanted to also have something that was my own to yeah. be a part of locally. Yeah. Um, and also I wanted to do something a little different. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought it'd be fun to do something a little dirtier and heavier. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, and so that it was just kind of more for fun yeah. than anything. I think we we're taking it pretty seriously at first. And, yeah. But for a lot of people in that band it was more about the party yeah. <laughs> than the band gotcha. myself included right. at times and so that band kind of just fell apart where did you, know? you record that record we did that with tim green and uh, grass valley was that to tape yep all, uh, all to tape he does well i think now he does digital but yeah. at the time he was all all analog even he mixes down to tape yeah Masters to tape everything. And how everything. how was that? Like awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and um, not that much more work. It's, no. It just means. Gotta you be gotta better. be re-rehearsed, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. gotta go in know, knowing what you're doing, yeah. you know. And it's really not that much more work to <laughs> right. do tape. Yeah, um, it's a little more expensive, but he's cheap to begin with. I yeah. mean, uh, his setup is awesome. I think he charges three hundred fifty a day, four hundred yeah. a day, That's cheap. and you have to buy the tape, and the tape's like three hundred fifty bucks a reel. Yeah. Um, but he's got this. How like, many? How long is a reel? Uh, I think know? you can do. Can you get one session? 
No, depending on how long the album is, I think you have to use multiple tape. We oh, had to okay. use two. Okay. Um, I think you can do like twenty minutes, something like gotcha. that. Depending, depending on your speed. I, I'd like to do that. Someday. Yeah, It'd be cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. Um, and I I kind of like the idea of committing to something yeah, i think with digital absolutely. there's a lot of this well yeah. we might want to change something so punch in here and change that well let's make sure we record a, a track that's unaffected so yeah. we can go in and change it later right. and or uh yeah let's not worry about the kick and snare sound because we'll just yeah. sample it yeah throw a sample on like I'm, i i'm i don't dig that style yeah. of recording personally yeah. so i like that about tape you have to commit to your sound yeah that's for cool. better or for worse. <laughs> right? That's cool. You know? So um, tell me about how the your studio came about. Um, so so this there's another side thing musically yeah. that I was doing. Um, somewhere around the late 2000s, I want to say like 2007, 2008, somewhere around there, I was contacted by uh, a guy named Greg. Who runs a like a music publishing company? They do like music placement and video games yeah. and TV shows and movies and stuff like that. He reached out to me because he was a fan of Zoinks and Big in Japan, yeah. and was like, "Hey, have you ever you know had any of your songs placed in a TV show or anything? No, never. What would you like to? Sure, yeah. Why not? <laughs> There's it's not like I'm making any money off that shit yeah. right now." Uh, so I kind of started um, working with these guys, and uh, we had like mixes done of all the all the big in Japan stuff. We couldn't with the Zoink stuff because uh, we don't have the original tapes, or yeah. at least I I don't have them. Yeah. Um, but we included Zoinks too, but I don't think any stuff ever got used. But we had all the songs mixed uh, instrumental, and with that they were able to place a lot of my music in a bunch of MTV shows yeah. and video games and. I started making some money from yeah. this stuff. So fast forward a few years later around this time, he, Greg comes to me with this idea, this deal where um, I write these short minute and a half long instrumental punk tunes. Yeah. And uh, we sell them to a third party, sell them to publishing and he gets them placed. So I make some money up front. Yeah. So and then once the songs are used in TV, I get some money on the back end. I yeah. get royalties. So I started doing that. Um, I was doing that with Billy for a while. Uh -huh. um, our relationship kind of fell apart. I won't get into that. Yeah, We're, we're past that now. But um, we parted when we parted ways. We were working um, at a studio he had, a space he had over off uh, 4th Street. And when we parted ways, we sold off all the gear that we I kind of helped him buy. and But I still had, like, all my guitar gear, and I had, like, drum sets, and I had all this stuff. Yeah. And um, I had nowhere to put it. And I'd, I had recently reconnected with an old friend of mine from high school. Yeah. Uh, Toby, who's the guy I work with now. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I've got this space I just rented in Fallon. It's in Fallon, um, but you're welcome to bring your stuff out there. And at the time, I was still living in an apartment. Yeah. So I had nowhere to put all this shit. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, it's only an hour away, whatever. And I go out there, and it's like pretty cool. It's yeah. a cool space. And I was like, hey, you know, I have this deal. Uh, if we invested in some recording gear, we could throw together a little makeshift studio and 
make, maybe make a little money. Yeah. Because he's a drummer. Okay. And so it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Um, so it started out as just kind of very, like, we'll keep it small and simple. And then we ended up renting the space next door, <laughs> turned that into a control room. Yeah. We started getting rid of the shittier gear and getting, we started yeah. buying nicer gear, nicer yeah. mics. Then he ended up buying the whole, it's part, it's the uh, front office of a storage unit complex. Yeah. He ended up buying the whole place. So now he owns the whole thing. We got yeah. this big warehouse space in the back. We're building a live room in there wow. right now. And um, it's really more, uh, it's like, it's our old guy hobby project. Yeah. Some, it's our thing. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, to, to be creative with. And it's our man cave of yeah. sorts. Um, we're, we're not, it'd be nice if we could make a little money from it, yeah. but it's not really our goal. Yeah, yeah. So it's not where. Make rent for sure. Well, we don't have to. He owns the yeah. place. So Hell yeah. We don't have to worry about yeah, rent. That's cool. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's just kind of a thing for us, but we've been inviting friends to come out and record. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe if it gets more serious, it gets more serious. If it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. You but know. you're still doing your own thing, uh, your own recordings and stuff yeah. out there. Yeah, yep. yeah. Although yeah. lately I've been doing other people's stuff. I've yeah. been really uh, kind of busy doing other people's what, things. So. What have you worked on? So we did that Penoles album. Yeah. Uh, been working on some songs with a, with a guy I work with, actually. Uh-huh. Um, uh, um, we're working with this other uh, artist named Kavor Claypool, mm-hmm. uh, who's kind of like an alt-country dude. We just finished an EP with him. That came out really good. Yeah. Um, we got some, uh, well, right now we're working on the build, but we have our next projects at the end of January. Uh, actually, Billy's doing that one, but we're recording the drums and bass oh, okay. for Way to the Tide oh, okay. uh, out at our spot, and then Billy's going to finish it at his spot here gotcha. in town. Um, and then what else do we have coming up? I feel like we have something else. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. But uh, stuff like that, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, it's, uh, in, it's spaced out because I, you know, I work a regular job. So yeah, I, I sure. drive out there every weekend. Yeah. And we work and we get yeah. as much done as we can. I have a little home set up too, so I can do some things at home as yeah. well. Yeah. But it's really just kind of a labor of love at this point. Yeah, for sure. Know? That's cool. So I need to get back out there and see it. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. The first time. And I'll invite you out once time. we're all done with the build, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, please do. Because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pulled in so many different ways, places. Everybody's got studios. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Like, you know. Well, I always tell people I'm not precious about it. A lot of people get real competitive. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if you want to just come and record drums in our spot yeah. and then take that and finish it with something, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not going to get all. No, do it all me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, get I it. really don't care. I you know, it. I, I'm, I'm more, much more into the, the, the community, um, kind of aspect of it. Yeah, you know? like it's there's really not a lot of money to be made in recording music these yeah. days. So yeah, I, know. I really feel like for most people, it's more of a, it's, you do it because you like doing it. Yeah, you know, um, so right, and rather than try to fight with people, just let's kind of work together yeah. you know or you know like for instance if someone comes to me and i'm just like that's really not my my wheelhouse <laughs> yeah i may i'll send them on to someone else that, that I, I this person might be better for yeah. what you're doing i don't know yeah you know i got you um but that's kind of how how i look at things um 
and kind of how we're pressing on with this. Um, and I really try to treat it as much as I can as yeah. if we're using tape. Yeah. I try not to rely too heavily on the digital trickery that, that is available on a computer. Yeah. We use that stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I try as best I can to treat it as if the computer's a tape machine. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I got to say, like, you're like, you know, we've been in each other's lives here and there. And, um, like, you've been an inspiring dude to me for, for years. You know what I mean? Like, Zoinks back in the day was such a huge influence on me. And then Big in Japan and then Weasel. And um, I just am glad that we can connect every now and then. You yeah. know what I mean? At least to do an interview. You know, Absolutely. we might not hang out on the weekends. But I uh, I love what you do. And uh got nothing but respect for you, wow. man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, thanks for having me. There you have it. Awesome. I love talking to that guy. So many stories. I bet you we could talk more and more and just deep dive just, just into the weasel stuff, man. But that's it. Zach, you're awesome. Thanks for doing that. And uh, look forward to the next talk we have. If you guys uh, have any interview suggestions or want to be interviewed, hit me up, justpunkenough.com. Uh, just uh, Andy at JustPunkEnough.com as well. Email. And, uh, yeah, I do a radio show as well on Saturday nights in Carson City. Submit music for that. But until next time, Just Punk Enough, bro.